I want to bring a message that the Lord gave me for this last day, last Sunday of the year, entitled, Things to Remember When Life Gets Hard. Things to Remember When Life Gets Hard. And a new year, listen, to me, reminds me that the old is gone, the new has come. How many of you are thankful that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus? And the truth is that he's constantly renewing us day after day. Everything that we walk into should be filled with expectancy and with hope. Turn to someone next to you and just tell them, have some hope. Go ahead, have some hope. Listen, there's always help in the Lord. I want to read this verse to you, Isaiah chapter 43, if you'd turn there or read it on the screen with me. Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 3 says, But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. How many of you are thankful he's your God this morning? He said he'd be with you. He didn't say those things wouldn't happen. He said that when you go through them, he'll be right there in the midst of them. Father, this morning we thank you that you fill us with hope. We thank you that you give us direction and you give us understanding. Lord, may we decrease and may you increase in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are times life can be hard. Life can be filled with difficulties and it can be filled with difficult times. When I came in here on um, Thursday just to pray a little bit and look over what God wanted to do this morning, He reminded me of a quote from Charles Dickens out of The Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was an age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. For those who don't know what that means, it means doubt. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, and it was the winter of despair. Life can be like that. Sometimes it can be good and bad, and sometimes it can be both at the same time. It can be wonderful for one person, their season of absolute awesomeness, and for another person, it can be the most difficult season that they'll be going through in their lifetime. I've known this over years of experience that life is full of fires and swollen rivers, Just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who went into the fire. Just ask the Israelites who had to cross the swollen and flooded Jordan River in order to enter into the promises of God. Listen, there are seasons of life that are filled with victories, but there is no such thing as victory without a battle or without a challenge. And God never promised us that life would be uneventful. How many of you have found that life is very eventful? How many of you have found that your Christmas season has been eventful? How many of you have enjoyed seeing family? 
How many of you are glad they went home? Everyone said a good amen. <laughs> Listen. He said that life would be challenging. He never promised us that it would be uneventful. As a matter of fact, he promised us just the opposite. John 16, he says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Touch someone next to you and say, he's overcome. Go ahead. Listen, I don't know if you know this, he's already overcome it. It's already done. The Amplified says this, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. I love that. Listen, I'm so thankful that God never lied to us. Jesus told us what to expect in the world. But he also told us what to expect of him. His perfect peace. A peace that passes understanding. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. You see, God has never left you or me unprepared for the tough seasons of life. I love this quote. It says, stand in faith even when you are having the hardest time of your life. I love that. This has been our year of living by faith, walking by faith, by faith. Really, the whole of a Christian life is lived by faith. This last Sunday of the year, I want to remind you the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And that without faith, it is impossible to please God. As you step into the year, as you step into the more, into the next of what God has, I want to remind us as a church that we're living in the power, the anointing, the goodness and faithfulness of God. And in all of that, the desire of our heart is to please Him. We're believing God for miracles this year, and we've seen them. We've asked God to give us direction, and He has. And we have purposed in our heart to live each day and each step of our life by faith. And the truth is that a life by faith is sure better than the alternative. And that's a life of fear, a life of unbelief and paranoia, and in walking in our own strength and our own ability. I read another quote, and I loved it. It says, fear does not stop death. Fear just stops life. And God called you and I to live abundantly. As you and I get closer to the coming of the Lord, we know that living in this world is going to get more difficult. And so I want to give you some reminders for when life gets hard. Number one, if you're taking notes, please get this down. Remember that easy was never the promise. Victory is. Yes. Romans 8, 35 through 37 says, who shall, or who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. 
As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Turn to someone next to you and say you're loved. Go ahead. Remind them this morning you're loved by God. Aren't you glad that you're loved by Him? The Bible says we're more than conquerors in Christ. Most of us prefer easy over hard. And we love the phrase, work harder or work smarter, not harder. And we need to be smarter for the simple reason that things are getting harder. I found that with all the technology that's supposed to make our life easier, it's gotten a little bit more difficult. We went to open up the iPad so we could uh, have FaceTime with Wesley and Jen while they were in Indiana, and it had updated. And it locked me out of the iPad. Somewhere along the line, I had put a password in there. But it updated, and I don't have a password to it anymore. Life's gotten harder. I should have been smarter and wrote the password down somewhere. But I thought I could remember it. I was wrong. If anyone knows how to unlock the iPad, please come see me after church. I will be very grateful for it. I thought about the hammer. I thought about the dropkick method. I was going to punt it, but it cost too much to do that. And I really value not spending money foolishly. <laughs> Listen, it's important to remember that life can be hard on us. Jesus is not. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Always remember that you're loved by God, especially when life gets hard. Matthew eleven twenty through 30 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He didn't just say for your body, for your soul. How many of you know you can just get weary in the heart? And you need rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Amplified says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. Listen, I want to tell you, that's what the devil wants you to get all tied up in the religious thing and all that. God, God would love you if you just do this more, pray more, seek more. Listen, he loves you. And I will give you rest, refreshing for your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, I like this, blessed quiet. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. I want to remind you, and we need to remind ourselves, that Jesus doesn't add to the weight and heaviness of life. As a matter of fact, he partners up with us and helps us to shoulder the load. For those who aren't farmers, a yoke is a farming tool 
that actually binds two animals together to make the work that they're doing easier. The problem was in the old times that some of the yokes were so heavy that it actually increased the weight and workload of the task. And the animals would bear the burden of the work and of the yoke. And Jesus reminds us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Sometimes life is hard, but Jesus comes to lighten the load. And I don't know if you know this, life is hard, so sometimes he's called us to help bear the burdens of others. We can help one another. Charles Dickens also was famous for this quote. He said, no one is useless in the world who lightens the burdens of others. Listen, if you're ever feeling like your life is useless and you're not making a difference and the enemy tries to lay that weight on your shoulder, just begin to go and help somebody else. Begin to be an encouragement to someone else. If you see them struggling, come alongside them and help them. Listen, your life will always have meaning and your life will always make a difference. And this is a great reminder for when life gets difficult Listen, it's also during the hard times of life when we're tempted to take shortcuts or excuse not doing the things that we know need doing. I want to remind you to always do what is right because it is the right thing to do and do it at the right time. And when we do what's right, we walk in the favor of God. When we don't do what is right by doing nothing, or by doing the wrong thing, we just make a difficult season even harder. Proverbs thirteen fifteen says, Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Listen to me. Unfaithful is always harder than faithful. And even though life can be hard, there's also always beauty to be found. When I was growing up, there was a song by the Carpenters that had a line that said, I beg your pardon, but I never promised you a rose garden. Anyone in this place ever grown roses? My mom had a, a rose bush that was growing right in front of our house for the longest time. And I never really understood. I just saw the flowers were great. And I remember one time I went out there to go and pick the flowers. I didn't realize it had thorns on it. How many of you know I found out real quickly that the thorn bush had uh, the rose bush actually had a thorn bush with it. Listen, Jesus promised beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. But I heard the Lord say to me that we're to learn from him. Just like a rose bush is beautiful. I heard him say, take time to smell the roses and enjoy the beauty but be smart and don't be so quick to handle everything yourself. Make sure that in the midst of it, you're taking time to look and trust the Lord. The second thing to remember when life gets hard is remember that our struggles always lead to strength. Sometimes we don't know just how much blessing is wrapped up in our battles. 
Every difficulty in our lives, regardless of it being big or small, is something that God will use to produce more strength, faith, and perseverance in our life if we will allow it. What I've found is one of the biggest steps of maturity we make is that God always has a purpose in our pain and in our struggles. I want to remind you again that with God, nothing is wasted, not even the hard seasons of life. And those who grow in the Lord have come to realize that it's in the hard seasons that we grow the most. This doesn't mean that we like them, but that we realize the value of them. And every mature, every spirit-filled Every powerful person of God that is walking in victory has benefited from the difficult seasons in their life. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. I've read this before, but Paul said, At least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Don and I yesterday, listen, i got to tell you, the last couple days we've taken time to rest. That's hard. I like to rest, but it's hard for me to sit still. We were watching something about the history of Rome and Italy. I don't know if you've ever watched PBS. Rick Steves liked to go through all those traveling through Europe. And he was talking about the history of the Roman Empire, and he said this. Christ was there, and Rome persecuted the Christians. Put them to death. Did incredible things to them. But in the midst of all of that, they first outlawed Christianity. But by the time it got to one of the last Roman empires, they had made Christianity the absolute rule of the kingdom. What had once fallen out of favor then became all the favor of the known world. And through that persecution, through the hardship, through the weaknesses, Christianity spread not only through the entirety of Europe, but all around the world. Today, we see people serving Jesus because people went through the difficulties and attacks of the enemy. But out of it, God began to allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to be spread around the world. What started out with just a handful of people that would seek the face of God in the upper room, 120 that wanted the presence of God more than anything within just a couple hundred years began to spread all around the world. Listen, the Apostle Paul faced physical hardships and spiritual attacks and so will we. But for Paul, these times became sacred and cherished. 
They became things that he could boast about. Why? It was in those things that he was humbled. It was in those things that he realized how weak he was. It was in those things that he came to know the strength and power of God. And God spoke to him and said, My strength is made perfect in weakness. And it is there that we realize that God is sufficient and that he loves us and that he cares for us and that it's his power that works in even the difficult times of life. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. The Amplified says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan. Turn to someone and tell them God's got a plan. Oh, you may not know what it is, but He's got a plan. Everything's been planned out in advance. For good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Remember this, God hasn't left you unprepared or ill-equipped for the tough seasons of life. He has a plan. Another thing to remember when times get hard is that your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. It's in the hard seasons of life that our character shines through. And who we are is always revealed in the fires of life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood in the fire because they took a stand before they went into the fire. And those men came out of the fire better than they went in it. But listen, you have to go in before you can come out. And I want to remind you that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And you may be in a world of difficulty, but you also have the Spirit of God living in you. And we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control what goes on inside of us and how we choose to respond. Many people simply react to the hard seasons of life. But when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, we have the power to respond. Notice that when things are in a crisis, we call in the first responders instead of the first reactors. They've been trained to respond and not just react. Listen, reactors have the ability to melt down. Responders have the calm the maturity, and the professionalism to actually deal with the situation. Reactors act in a frenzy. Responders act with deliberate maturity because of the character that they have. And it is in the hardships of life that we learn how to mature and learn to respond. But listen, it's a process. And maturity is a process. You'll find out that when you first start dealing with crisis, you react instead of respond. But the harder life gets, you learn that it's better to respond than just react. 
Remember that the hard seasons of life are part of the process of growth. And you learn that what you used to think was hopeless is actually full of positive possibilities. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, the Amplified, it says, And not only this, but with joy. Let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardship, knowing that hardship, and I love that the Amplified defines hardship, distress, pressure, and trouble, produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character or spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. And such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want you to notice the progression. It is proven character and spiritual maturity that helps us to live in hope and assurance in Christ. Character and maturity only happen as we are refined and as we mature. They don't just happen. They have to be developed. And they are developed in the hard seasons of life. And I want you to notice that word endurance. You see, character is by definition something that is sustained over time. Endurance is the ability to go the distance. You have to build up your character the same way that you build up your physical endurance. And the Apostle Paul says that we're to exalt in our suffering and rejoice in our hardships. And this is part of learning how to respond to our times of difficulties. Undeveloped character does what naturally comes to the immature. It complains, it gripes, and it has exasperation. But the mature have a completely different attitude. The mature remember that their attitude is showing. Turn to someone and say, your attitude is showing. All the time, everywhere, your attitude is showing. And listen, people notice it. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. And in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful. And continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Listen, it doesn't say be thankful for every circumstance, but to be thankful in every situation. And those with character look for reasons to be grateful instead of reasons to complain. Even if the reason is, hey, this can't get any worse. You ever been there? I've also learned not to say that. But I know that God's in the midst of it. Listen, maturity is not unrealistic about things. But it's able to see the good and the God in things. By faith. Another thing that we can remember when times get hard is that God's timing is always perfect. God has a supernatural thing called timing. We may not understand it, but we can trust it. And God's plans and timing are almost always 
different from our plans. But his plans are perfect. In Psalms 18.30 it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Listen, when we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us that God's will would be done, we're not only asking for the outcome, but for the timing. I love this quote. Just when you think it's too late, God whispers, we don't use the same watch. How many of you have found that to be true? Remember that God makes all things beautiful in his time. His time. Touch someone next to you and say, his time. His time. Oh, I'm going to preach next week a message entitled, Karyos Time. God's time. God's timing. Oh, I believe that will bless you. Often the Bible tells us to wait on the Lord. And that's how we renew our strength. This is where we practice patience. This is where we learn to rest in the Lord. This is where we learn to be still and know that He is God. This is where we learn to wait in quiet expectation and not distressed resignation. This is where we learn to quit trying to figure out when and how God is going to work something out. And this is when we learn that it's not all about us. It's about what God is setting up in His time. If you've ever watched those who are mature in the Lord, they just have this calm about them. Because they've prayed and they've learned in the hard seasons that He is faithful and He'll always come through. They just need to wait. The Bible said, wait on the Lord. That's what He said. Dwell in the land. And in that time, you will renew your strength. Most of the time when we're dealing with our own timing, we are so stirred up inside that we lose strength. Those who have gone through the season of maturity, those who have gone through that process, remember to just wait. Do you realize that there are three times in Scripture where God did such unusual things that He actually used hornets to drive out people before the Israelites. In Joshua 24, 11 through 12, it says, Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. Notice all of those ites. How many of you have had a lot of ites in your life? One after the other you had to face. And then it says this, I set the Lord before you, which drove them out from before you. I sent the hornet before, that's time, which drove them out from before, that's time. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. It's amazing. Do you notice that the hornets didn't attack until Israel crossed the Jordan? 
That's time. Until. That's time. That was something they did in the time. Until. And they were just far enough ahead of the route of the enemy. But not so close that they caused the Israelites problems. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Listen, many times we think that God is moving slower than we would like, but we need to remember in times of hardship that He's actually many moves ahead of you and that He has a plan and a reason, and if we just trust Him. Proverbs 16 9 says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And a big step, a big part of receiving direction is walking in the correct timing. Lamentations 3, 25 and 26 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Just wait on God. How many of you know God's already working ahead of you? I want you to look at me. Sometimes we wonder what God's in the process of doing. Listen, He's already steps ahead of you. He's already been where you're going. He already knows what He wants to do. He's already made a plan. He's already made a route. Your job is to follow and to be obedient. Our job is to trust Him and to know that He goes before us. He's already got your back. He is a shield round about you. But remember where we're going? He's already been. How many of you know that's true? Listen, people say, well, I get a little nervous about what's going to happen in 2020. 24, we've got financial things going on. We've got political things going on. Listen, I don't know if you've noticed, but we already got the blueprint. We already know where things are going. We already know what he's done. Listen, and I just want to remind you, we can trust him. I want to give you one last point. When you're going through the hard things in life, remember to focus on faith, not feelings. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Listen, I think it's important that we understand that hard times can be scary. Anyone in this room ever been through some scary times? And you may feel like you're alone, but you're not. God promises to go with us and never leave us or forsake us. And you either believe that or you don't. I choose to believe. God told Joshua to be strong and courageous. He didn't tell him to feel strong and courageous. Courage is something you are when you feel afraid. Listen, courage is not the absence of being afraid. As a matter of fact, courage can't be courage unless you have fear trying to work its way into your life. Courage is activated by a choice of our will because we are afraid. Listen, I'm afraid, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. And listen, courage can only happen when we trust someone greater than ourselves. Someone needs to hear this this morning Emotions are the language of the heart. But faith is the language of God. Yes. 
and we walk by faith and not by feelings. Listen, feel your feelings. If you need to, get up all in your feels. But choose to walk by faith. Make sure that you're trusting God. It is okay to trust God and still be struggling with what you're going through. That's faith. Faith is in the absence of the struggle. Faith is trusting God despite the trouble. It's knowing that He's there. Don't allow your emotions to talk you out of your faith in what God has spoken to you. And make no mistake, feelings speak to us. You ever had your feelings speak to you? They're all up in your head. But you need to learn to speak to your feelings. Listen, those who live by faith are careful with their words because words and faith go hand in hand. So be careful what you say to yourself and what you speak to others. I love the saying, be careful with your words because you never know how much they're being repeated in someone's mind, including your own. And listen, words can cause fear or panic, but they can bring peace. And they can help you or someone to remain calm. Words can stir up faith, or they can deflate a person, or they can incite a riot. Listen, when the Israelites faced the Red Sea, many of them started to complain. When the 12 spies came back from scouting out the promised land, only two, Joshua and Caleb, spoke in faith. Please hear me. Sometimes God doesn't remove your problems, but he makes a way through your problems. Remember, the Red Sea parted and the promised land was able to be accessed because the walls came down. I was watching something else last week. And I love that they brought it up again because I had already written this message weeks before. Some archaeologists believe they have found where Moses and Israel crossed the Red Sea. And at that spot that they crossed was a natural land bridge that went 900 feet down. So they just slowly walked in. The waters parted all around them. They walked right through the ocean and came up on the other side. It was a gentle slope down and a gentle slope up. And there would have been a water, a wall of water at its deepest, 900 feet tall on both sides. Can you imagine when they stepped in? At first, they're just watching this thing part. Maybe just a little bit. Just I'm going to get you used to the fact that you're walking through this. And as they kept walking, the wall just got higher and higher and higher. Can you imagine as they're walking through, just going, check out our God. He's faithful. Listen, when you begin to wade into things of God, God will take you deeper into trusting Him, deeper into the things that He wants to take you through, and then He's going to bring you out of them. And it's going to be because you've walked into the deeper things, and you found that they didn't overflow you. It's because you walked through the deeper things, and God allowed you to know His love for you, that in the middle of those deep difficult situations that God would allow you to see the beauty. Listen, I believe that as the Israelites were walking through, I think the sea life kind of gathered all around them just to say hi. 
I think there were whales kind of looking at them going, I don't understand what's all going on here, but look, there's people walking through it. Big snappers. Dolphin. If you had been walking through, you would have grabbed that thing and gone fishing. God, i got to eat. Glory to God. Listen, God's going to take you through some deep things. They didn't overflow you. Do you know who they overflow? The Egyptians. Overcame the enemy. Some of you need to understand God's doing a supernatural work and he's a supernatural God. I don't know all the things we're going to walk through and all the difficulties we face, all the hard things we're going to go. I just want to remind you that God will help you to go through. He'll keep you dry. He'll make provision. In the meantime, he's going to, when you're in the middle of the thing, if you'll take time to enjoy what he's doing, you'll be amazed. It might even scare you just a little bit. Wait, I should be scared. We're 900 feet down. Look at this wall of water. Check out the fish. And it's dry. So this is what the bottom of the ocean looks like. I didn't even need a scuba tank. Some of you are about to go through some stuff. See some stuff. Experience some things. Take time in the midst of it. Listen, your flesh may be feeling a little creeped out because you're in the middle of the thing, but take time to enjoy the beauty of what God's doing. And listen, many times through is better. Simply because you get to be part of a supernatural work of God. And it takes faith to go through. But you're going through. And you're coming out. Turn to someone and tell them you're coming out. Come on, stand with me this morning. How many of you know he's faithful? How many of you are in the midst of some stuff right now? You're going through. How many of you, well, there's like no hands. How many of you going through good times? That's good. Hallelujah. He's faithful. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you this morning that you are good. We thank you that you remind us what your word says. Remind me, Lord, least I forget of who you are. All that you've been. Father, this morning, thank you that you are a mighty God. Lord, this last Sunday, we thank you that you're the God of peace. We thank you that you've taken us through a year, and we've seen miracle after miracle, provision after provision. Lord, we recognize that not all of it's been easy, but in it we've grown. We've been strengthened. I pray, God, right now, as we begin to step into everything that you have for us, I pray expectancy and hope on each one in this place. I speak expectancy and hope over each one that's watching. Some that are watching now, some that will watch later. But, Lord, we come to you looking ahead And we thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you that you love us. Listen, would you just lift your hands and receive that love of the Lord today? Lord, I ask you to pour out your love on your precious people this morning. 
I pray that you would strengthen them in the inner man. I pray that their soul would be refreshed and renewed and restored in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for those who are weary that they would find rest today. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, renew them in Jesus' name. I pray that, God, you would breathe on them a freshness of the things of God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do a fresh work in our church. We invite you to do a fresh work inside of every one of us, setting us free from every work the enemy would try to inflict upon us. Lord, I thank you in the coming year that as we begin to deal with some of the difficulties that will just naturally arise from living in this world, that God, we would not fear, we would not be angry, but Lord, we would embrace the process and go through knowing that we are going through. I pray your blessing. I thank you in the coming year for salvations in our community. I thank you for salvations in our families. I thank you for bringing our family members that are bound up and away from you, that they will be set free and they would be brought into the kingdom of God. We give you glory in advance that you go before us and you're making the way straight. I thank you, Lord God, that in our nation over the coming year, while we know what the world is doing, that we would see the glory of God and that you would bring revival. Lord, our hope isn't in the politics. Our hope is not in the provision of an economic forum. Our hope is in the mighty God that we serve. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been set free, and we thank you that in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Lord, let your glory flood. Now, Lord, as we step into at the end of this week, as we start like we do every year, a month of prayer and fasting. We thank you that you'll meet with us. I thank you that the devotions we'll study will not only feed our soul, but draw us closer to you. I pray that by the time we get to the end of January, we'll have that koinonia in an even deeper way, that fellowship with you and with one another. I pray that this new year we would find ourselves so in love with you, trusting you, so loving one another. We thank you you'll do it. Now, Lord, may your blessing be on each one tonight. Lord, we pray you'd protect our animals as fireworks go off, that our dogs and cats would be calm. Make us calm with our neighbors who decide to shoot off fireworks till three in the morning. Let us sleep well. We thank you for all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, God bless you. We will see you. Listen, this Wednesday night is a fellowship dinner. Do bring a covered dish. Do bring something to eat. We will have some food here, but you are good cooks. We'll see you Wednesday at 6 o'clock. God bless you.